Hello and welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast. I am Matt Sol, the Director of Marketing Communications from Chapel Hill, Chauncey Hall School. And I'm Angie Ward. I'm the founder and president of Enroll Media Group, a digital marketing agency for schools. Angie, we have a, a big one today. We are we do. we're talking all things niche, 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 niche. I don't know. Do you what do you think it is? Is it niche? Is tomato, it niche? tomato. We we need to find out. That'll be question That's, one for <laughs> Angela Brown. <laughs> we're starting right at the top. How do we say this word? Niche or niche? We will find out. And uh what however it is said, uh niche niche, it's an important uh, part of school marketing. It's a school review site. It has rankings. It has um, all schools are on there and they have profiles, whether you like it or not. Uh, your school is on there and people are are interacting with it. Um, and they offer a lot of insights and things that schools can use um, and free tools that schools can use to help make sure that your story is out there, that you're putting your positive reviews out there um, and you're promoting the things that you want. So this is a great talk today. Um, with Angela. So we are talking with Angela Brown and Angela uh, joined Niche in 2001. And before that, she was the Director of Marketing and Communications at Flint Hill School in Virginia. Um, at Niche, Angela creates content, she does research and insights to help the pre-K through 12 marketing, communications and admissions. And she helps professionals refine their strategies, hone their craft and elevate their roles in schools. Uh, and in addition to that, um, Angela is a regular presenter, writer and podcast guest, as you will see today. <laughs> yeah, Angela is also a member of the National School Public Relations Association, American Marketing Association, and the Association of Independent School Admission Professionals, also known as ASAP. She serves on the advisory board for the Marcom Society and serves as a judge for the Brilliance Awards, which honors marketing and communications work from pre-K to 12 private schools around the world. So Angela certainly um, is very involved in the independent school and public school community. So we're really excited to jump into our conversation with her today. All right, and let's go. Here's our conversation with Angela Brown. Hi, Angela. It's so great to have you here with us today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we're really excited about this conversation with you guys because it's such um, a critical uh, platform for school marketers. And we're really hoping that they can take away a few uh, common questions and concerns that they have. But before we dive into our discussion, I just want to ask you, how is it pronounced? Is it niche? Is it niche? I love I love this question. I get it a lot, <laughs> which won't surprise anyone. So according to the dictionary, both are right. But so I will, okay. I will just say that, but we say niche just like itch or witch. So, um, within, within the context of the company that I work for, it's niche. Got it. The more, you know, Okay. all right. <laughs> and we're good. Okay. We'll end it there. That's, that was a good, good if episode. That's else. all we needed. <laughs> so with niche, um, so can you overview just, you know, what are schools using it for? Um, you know, what's, what is like niche's place in, in school marketing? Sure. So niche is primarily used by parents, caregivers, you know, students, the parents and the caregivers are either leading a K-12 school search or supporting a student that's searching for a college. 
And our goal is really beyond the rankings and grades to try to give students and families an idea of what institutions are actually like and to take out some of the friction and complexity from the school search process. I think that parents in particular come to niche because we make the search process really easy so they can search for schools, they can compare schools, they can get suggestions for schools that might not be on their radar, which is always helpful, of course, and use reviews and content from the schools and the districts on, on that side to get more of an insider's perspective on what a community is like. And I think a big piece of that is the reviews. You know, they're no different for, for schools than they are for things like cars or electronics or books, all of the other things that we purchase. And the way that people shop for schools is very similar to the way that they shop for everything else. It's a big decision. And so having that third party endorsement from members of your community is really important. That's great. And so just in context too, so how many people are using niche? Like, do you have a sense of like how many people are coming through families and all that are coming oh, through? Oh yeah, and, we do. Yeah. So last year for the 2021-22 school year, we had about 75 million people come through the site to search for schools. Oh. So we got a lot of traffic. So That's this great. is a box that marketers, whether they love the platform or not, they need to check this box. They need to be looking at their profile and updating it. Now, tell us a little bit about the schools that are really using this platform like effectively. Like, what's sort of the ideal school marketer's role in maintaining niche and making sure it's in tip top shape? Yeah. So it really starts with the profile and you can actually claim that for free. So that's something that I always encourage people to do as a baseline, just so that you can have some ownership over your data. The basic profile, as you'll see on the website with you know, the map and some very generic facts that comes from data that we pull from the Department of Education and a few other sources. But it's not the most exciting information. <laughs> so if you want to zhuzh it up a little bit and make sure that it's updated more frequently, definitely start with a free profile claim. Um, there are some bells and whistles, like some custom CTAs and photo galleries that can come at an extra cost. But knowing that that's the first thing that a prospective parent or guardian is going to see when they're searching for your school, it's very important to make sure that your information's up to date and that you're putting your best foot forward. Um, I often think about using your profile as an extension of your brand, which is really important. And some of the ways that we've seen some schools do that is with our photo gallery feature. We've gotten a lot of adoption for that. That's actually new in 2022. So instead of having just one image at the top of your profile, you can have up to 25. There's still a lead wow. image, but there's a little box that people can click on where a light box will open up and they can click through more photos. So really being conscious of how you use that lead image, because it's not just the first one that they see on the profile, but it's also the first one they see as they're going through a search result that has a listing of multiple schools. So you want to provide a sense of place and something that very clearly connects with something that's unique and noteworthy about your institution. And then from there, try to weave in some images that <clears throat> might showcase different aspects of your program. If you want, you want to make sure you, of course, you have some gender balance in there, if that's applicable to your school diversity, you know, being really thoughtful about the images that you're using, showcasing school spirit, you know, 25 images is a lot. Mm. So you can tell quite a story with 25 images. 
Um, we're also seeing some creative uses of the program spotlight. So that's a section of the profile. If you have a premium profile where you can really put whatever you want, whether you have a STEM program, that's a signature program you want to highlight. We're starting to see some districts are using it for teacher recruitment. So if that's something that your school is struggling with, using that to highlight employment and to, you know, tell a bit of a story about that, drive traffic to that part of your website. That's another thing that we've seen that's been very effective. Um, but just claiming your profile in and of itself gives you monthly access to a report on its performance. It's called the monthly insights report that arrives in your inbox every month. And I would say that effectively using niche or any platform, really, whether or not it's in a paid capacity, involves regularly reviewing your data and looking for ways to improve your performance or lean into ways that, um, into things that you're doing that are already working well. Got That's it. great. That and makes, that makes a lot of sense too. And I want to talk more about data, but you go ahead, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah. So um, I just wanted to you mentioned reviews. So I think that's a really big one, especially so something that school marketers can have some impact on and can actually make a change on that. And one of the things too is, you know, uh, niche shows up on the Google search for your school, like right on the, the side panel. What do we call the side panel there, Angie? You know, Google my business better. Yeah. Than the Google business profile, the knowledge graph, the mm -hmm. Google business profile, the G G B P Google maps. <laughs> <laughs> It's just changed from Google My Business to Google Business Profile. Yeah, did it? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's Angie's. Angie knows all Google. So yeah. So that is front and center. It's actually the first one that shows up. Is your niche reviews show up right there? So even families that aren't on going through and actively, you know, searching through the site, it's showing up in all of those Google searches under your name. So, so just to say, like of all, there's tons of reasons why reviews are super important. Um, so are there any sort of things you've seen in getting, because in niche, it's student reviews, it's parent reviews. Mm -hmm. um, are there any things you've seen schools do um, that that help to get those reviews coming in, you know, and, and getting people to see sort of the positive side of things? Yeah. So uh, to your point, niche is everywhere. So <laughs> I can't, I can't. I can't emphasize that enough. And the reviews are definitely important. Um, some of the things that we've seen some schools do for one is just to have, you have to build review solicitation into the regular pattern of what you're doing over the course of the year. So the start of the year is always a good time because everyone tends to be a little bit happier. They're optimistic. They're looking forward to all of the magical things that they know are going to happen for your, for their children at your schools. Um, and you know, nothing bad has happened yet. Right. So <laughs> no, the, no children have come home with skin knees or, or complaints at that point in time. So the start of the year is always a good time to get started, um, focusing on parts of your community that are already highly engaged. So your parent volunteers, trustees, um, on the student side, just getting really close to, you know, certain student groups and organizations. This is where it's, I'm a big believer in marketers leaving their offices, getting up and getting to know the kids in their communities, because if they know you and they trust you, it's easier for you to ask them for things because they will actually respond. Student ambassadors are great low hanging fruit in, in that capacity. Um, we actually sent out a, we did a review campaign in the spring for schools that had no reviews at all. 
And we provided them with some templates that they could use to send emails to those small groups that, that I just mentioned, or more broadly, we actually had one school that sent one out to their full community and found that to be very effective. We also included a flyer with a QR code that went directly to your school's um, page for people to leave reviews and complete the survey that you could, you know, add your own aesthetic to, you know, your own brand standards and print out and put in strategic locations throughout your campus that people could just quickly stick scan and complete a review on the fly. So we've seen some things like that. Um, you know, if you use some incentives to the extent that you can, that always helps. So parents tend to love, you know, that Starbucks gift card, a t-shirt, a tumbler. If there are some things in your school store at a low cost that you can give away, that always works. And if you aren't able to incentivize your, your families internally, we actually have a sweepstakes that they can enter. So when they go to complete a review, they can be entered into that sweepstakes to earn a gift card. And that's our way of incentivizing them for you. Got that's it. great. Yeah, I've, seen, I've uh, seen that before, too, that it's like a standing page with a monthly contest going on. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely something we can add to the we'll add to the show notes there. So if schools want to just, you know, you can copy and paste that and put it in your newsletter. Or that's a pretty easy one to without any work really having to be done. It links right up to your school and does that, too. So we'll make sure to add that. Thank you. Sure. I love the QR code idea. I mean, to have flyers with QR codes around campus. So it's that easy for a student or parent just to scan it and leave the review. Now they have to log in and create a profile when they leave a review, right? Yes. Okay, got it. And just so I'm clear, if your school's profile does not have any reviews, you can't rank, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. There are actually, there are a lot of downsides to having no reviews. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of them being that you aren't eligible eligible to be ranked because when a student in particular completes a review, there's a survey attached to that that includes information about things like test scores that are are involved in how schools are ranked and graded. You know, those are all rated weighted categories. And so if you have no reviews, we have we don't really have a great way of assessing that information. And it's really information from the community that drives how schools rank. Another challenge is the fewer reviews you have or the more outdated your reviews are, the less traffic you get to your profile and the less time people will spend on your profile. So there are a lot of, of penalties that come with not having reviews at all. And I feel like reviews in all areas, whether it's Google reviews or Facebook or, or niche, um, you know, naturally there's going to be somebody who has a bad day and has a bad time, you know, uh, and and does go in and leaves a review as a way, you know, to to kind of get that out. And that's going to happen. And it was a whole strategy to to responding to those and doing all that as well. But um, I feel like the campaign for continually just getting people who are having a good time and getting that to, is just the best because that's you're continually stacking things and there's going to be real real reviews in there that might be critical or yeah. that might not fully be like the five star positive you want but overall you're getting that message across so somebody who is scrolling through is getting a better overall sense of of how people are feeling and not just if you know with no strategy or no no push to do that I feel like the weight on those few negative ones becomes a lot more when that's what you see up there. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The, the goal is to try to find balance and, and also not to automatically discount or discredit the negativity. You know, sometimes yeah. there, there could be something to a negative review. And so before immediately dismissing it and being frustrated by it, there can be some opportunities to, you know, maybe look in the mirror and see if there is something that needs to be addressed, you know, so negative sure. reviews yeah. serve a purpose too. Great. Those are great tips. Um, I want to get back to the data um, aspect of this conversation because, you know, I'm a data geek, um, <laughs> but when a school is using their niche profile, whether they're, you know, using it robustly and doing a good job with it or not, what are the data points that a school marketer should be looking at every month or maybe every year when they try to evaluate how can I make this profile more effective or is it worth the investment? Sure. So what I always tell people is that there is data that we give you, and there's also some of your own data that you own that you can use to determine whether or not, you know, niche is quote unquote working for you. Right. So on the one hand with your profile, if you have a basic profile, it's a little limited in the, in the data that you'll get in the monthly insights report. We call it the MIR. You'll get some impression data, you'll get profile views, that's helpful to a certain degree. I would also cross-reference that with your own internal data about referral traffic so that you can really gauge how those profile views are translating into traffic on your school's website. As you kind of go up the ladder, um, if you purchase some of Niche's remarketing services or you have a premium profile, then you get a lot more data about things like clicks on your, your calls to action, um, you still get the profile views. You still get the impression and click data for you know any remarketing ads that you're running. We actually have dashboards that our digital marketing services team can create for you in Google Data Studio that can connect those dots a little bit more. But you also want to look at things um, on your side, like conversions. You know, are we actually are is the traffic from niche driving inquiries? Is it driving applications? Is it driving? Um, admission event registrations, how much, what's the quality of the traffic? That's another mm -hmm. piece that I think people miss. So not just looking at the traffic that's being referred from niche, but how much time are people spending on my website? How many pages on my website are they visiting once they hit, once they get there? And are they converting once they arrive? Are they signing up for an open house or, you know, to download a webinar or a piece of content, you know? And so being able to track what happens on niche and cross-reference that with engagement on your institution's website and particularly on your admissions pages, I think is really, it's very important to be able to connect those dots if you're going to look at the impact of the platform. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to, to kind of setting goals as an institution um, you know, you want to make sure because some of those actions aren't automatically recorded in Google analytics. Right. So you want to set up that inquiry form completion or um, application portal button click. Uh, that way you can actually interpret, you know, the actions that those users are taking for all channels, niche included. And, you know, for what it's worth, I'm constantly in schools, Google Analytics accounts, and niche is almost always up there as one of the top 10 sources yeah. of traffic and not just any traffic, qualified traffic, users spending at least three minutes on the site, visiting those key admissions pages. So uh, I think it goes back to, you know, some schools will say, okay, we, you know, we have to be on niche, we need to check that box, but 
what are the expectations for that profile? Is it that you're going to be an A plus school and, and outrank your competitors? Maybe it's just understanding that this is a touch point for prospective families and then being able to point to that data within your analytics account that proves this was a touch point for a lot of families and making sure that you're happy with that experience they're having because it's it's happening. Um, yeah. Parents are using it, whether you kind of pay attention to your profile or not, in, in my experience. Yeah, so that's I think helpful. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's something that is important to parents. It's valuable. And so it's really just a matter of looking at the impact that that's having on, on your traffic and particularly on the goals that you have set. And right. if you have a CRM, it's a lot easier. But if you don't, <laughs> it just gave you yeah. some great tips. Yeah. I pulled a I pulled a report just before here to 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 look into that and just to, to see how many, um, not only people are coming, but we have an enrolled student for this fall who that was their original, original source that they came to us was from, from niche. That was the initial click through, uh, came in and did that and, and are enrolled. And there's a whole list of others that attended and interviewed, uh, came to open houses and are currently doing it too. So that kind of wanted to lead that into, you know, uh, Niche is an investment. It's mm -hmm. it's not a small investment, um, depending on school size and budget and everything. But it's something that definitely has to be like seriously considered and and you know proven that it is doing the work that it's that it is paying for. It's got a return. Um, and I know just from talking with people in our own school and talking to other schools that you know the ranking side of it, which is super important, and families want to come in and be able to see nice clean rankings to see that you are this number out of this number in this category and niche does tons of those like they do tons of these rankings but i do know that schools have a hesitation when they see that you know there's a lot of rankings and not all of them you know you might have a great grade ranking uh in a certain topic but when they actually rank the top number of the schools in this you might fall on on the lower side of that and I know from the inner talkings of either directors of marketing and uh, within our school to say, you know, is this something we want to put money into and something we want to promote? So what do you say, you know, when you're talking to a school that's a little, that's concerned about the ranking side of things? Yeah. I mean, for one, there are some things that you can control. And so, you know, starting there, I think part of the challenge is that there's this perception that either the rankings are completely out of your control or you have to pay for a good ranking and it actually does not work that way. Whether or not you have a paid relationship with Niche has nothing to do with your ranking or grade. And I think that's very important for people to know and understand the number of reviews that you have, again, is very important. If you have fewer than five, then you know, we can't rank or grade you. Um, but also just making sure that your data is up to date. We typically end data review around mid-July for the upcoming ranking season. So it's really important to stay in that account, making sure that your data is up to date. Um, you know, also just paying attention to the reviews that pop up because there are some that are clear violations of our community policies. And so 
you know, not just the standard issue negative ones, but things that name specific people or, you know, have some really egregious information, you can flag those for review and have those taken down to at least keep your reviews clean. So there are some things that you can do to take a little bit of ownership in where your ranks and grades land. It's also important to understand if a rank or grade changes that you are being ranked and graded based on other schools in your category in your area, right? So if something changes with a peer school, something could change with your ranking. You know, so the the rankings are very dynamic and they're not the end all be all. And I think that's where it's that much more important for schools to recognize that your profile isn't an opportunity to tell a richer story beyond the ranking and the grade. And so the way that a prospective parent or student responds to a profile that might not have a quote unquote top tier ranking or grade in a certain area, but it's just the basic profile with the map and the generic data versus a profile that tells a richer story about what the community is like, what you can expect from that community, what they value. Those are two very different scenarios. And so, you know, your profile gives you an opportunity to have more of a, a rich conversation around what your institution is about beyond the ranking and grade. And families do value that. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, and the way we think about it too is, you know, researching a school is such a long process with so many steps involved to it of whether people you're talking to, sites you're researching, visiting, events, consultants, there's so many pieces to it that I think you just mentioned, it's not the end all be all. And that's, that's something that, you know, we remind ourselves too, is that this is a step along the way. And you, what you really don't want is you don't want this to be a step along the way that gets you off the list. Right. You don't want this to be a step along the way that, that drops you from concern. If they're looking at a list of 10, they're looking for reasons to, to thin that list down and you don't want mm -hmm. them to go on to here and see two negative reviews stacked on top of each other and that's it and right. say, all right, that's, you know what, like now down to nine. Um, so yeah, so you, you know, that, that I think is, it's important just to be able to, I think it's a place where you can gain a few points and you can move mm -hmm. up the ladder or you could get crossed off. So it's, a, it is important. It's not the end all be all, but I think it, it could be the end of the road in some ways um, in considering a school. Uh, one other thing, just, I think is an idea, just, in school marketing that we've done. And um, as you talked about good reviews, um, sometimes we get our best testimonials from good reviews that show up on niche. You know, we'll do a, an email out to parents to say, hey, you know, go please like help, help us and, you know, recruit and find new families and share your story. And these reviews will come in and we go through and it's sometimes the best, most, you know, inspiring wording of their experience at the school that we've had and, you know, we've pulled those quotes. We've like gone through our, you know, our niche reviews and found testimonials within there to, you know, to use in other places because it's like the, the most authentic way that we've seen it written before. So I think it's just another thing for school marketers to look out for is that you might be able yes. to find very usable things in there that you could put on a, put on a postcard or put on a, a you know, a Canva template as an Instagram post or put out there in other ways too. Absolutely. Yeah, Matt, I think at one point you had mentioned that it was actually some of the quieter families that you got some of the best testimonials from on niche. So it's not yeah. always like the, you know, loud and, and proud um, moms and dads out there are students. Sometimes it's the, it's the families you don't hear a lot from, but that's um, a comfortable place for them to maybe leave that testimonial. So 
um, broadening yeah. your requests to, to everyone sometimes might yeah. be a good tactic. Yep. Yeah. That's, that was our, our lesson from that was, you know, there was a talk of, do we, yeah, do we limit our, do we handpick our list of who we're going to talk to and, and reach out to, or do we blanket ask everybody? And we went blanket ask everybody. And that exactly, that was what we got out of it was, wow. Like, you know, parents that you just, you know, you know, the parents that are there at every event and they're, they're part of everything and you know that they will do anything. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes there are, are, ones that you just wouldn't expect and they have had their own amazing story and their own thing that they share that um, is great. So definitely um, I think that's a check for sending it, it blankly and sending it broadly out to everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but not all at once, right? We want to stagger the request. Right. So, so not all 100 come in at the same time. Exactly. Uh, well, I, I feel like um, we could talk all day, but in our final few minutes here, I love to hear some final thoughts from you, Angela, on maybe you know, any common mistakes you see, or maybe just final tips for our listeners that you want to leave them with? Yes. Oh, the common mistakes. So <laughs> I think honestly, not claiming your profile and having stale content, those are, are two, uh, two big ones. I typically tell people that your niche profile is no different from your website. So you can't just set it and forget it. You actually do have to nurture it. You need to keep it updated If you're linking to broken links offsite, for example, or featuring outdated information, that's not good. We talked about actively soliciting reviews from your community. That's very important. Um, And another thing that I've been saying is that if you think about your school website as your front door, which gets said a lot, your niche profile is the porch. So you really have to pay attention to both, you know, to, to Matt's point, if you if you don't put your best foot forward, there is that possibility that you could get struck from a parent's list before they even get to that beautiful website that you've invested in, you know? So it's really important to think about your presence on both. I would also say that if you do go the premium route, whether it's the premium profile or remarketing package or or some other service that we provide, it's really important to have a conversation with your partnerships manager about the goals that you have for your presence with niche. And I would recommend that with any vendor, you know, I think it's really, really important to have an initial conversation about what you're trying to achieve to make sure that one, your goals are realistic. Um, but also try to have some measurable goals in there as well. So that when you get to the end of the engagement and as you're reviewing your report over the course of the year, you actually know what you're marching toward. And you can say at the end of the year, when it's time for renewal, did we achieve these things or didn't we? Um, That's a really important piece. I think just having clarity around what you want to use niche for is very helpful. And when those monthly insights reports arrive in your inbox, please look at them, pay attention to them. (laughs) Don't, don't archive them or snooze them. I I was certainly guilty of that in, in my past life. I was just as guilty as, as I know lots of other people can be. And there's so many data sources and so many things to do over the course of the day. It can be hard, but it's really important, especially with digital marketing tools to be vigilant about looking at your data, looking at what you're spending, you know, and making sure that you're making changes when you need to, um, along the way. So you don't have any surprises at the end. Angela, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and talking with us about this. Uh, Angie had a great idea that maybe we should follow up with a, a niche Mythbusters episode where we can talk about all the misconceptions, maybe. So maybe I we'll love see that. Again. 
2023. Stay tuned. Yes. Okay. Niche Mythbusters. Um, So where can people find you? Where can they, they see your put, I know you're putting out um, tons of stuff daily. So where can people find you? Yes. So I would start with the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find on the Niche website. We have lots of fabulous content for you there. Some research, webinars, blog posts, podcast episodes. So if you want to dig into that, um, that's a great place to start. I'm also a big fan of LinkedIn to the point where it might be annoying for some people. So I apologize if I've been filling your feed too much, but you can find me there at linkedin.com slash Angela M. Brown. Um, and also Twitter. So if you tweet, you can find me at Angela M. Brown as well. And if you want to email me and go slightly old school, Angela.brown at niche.com. I'm happy to hear from people. I love doing virtual or in-person coffee or brain picking, whatever you need. I'm I'm here. Oh, Perfect. So well, thank great. you so much. Uh, tons of great info for schools to, to run with and get on to niche and start working. So thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Of course. Thanks, guys. Thank you. you. Great to see you. Well, there you have it. That was a great conversation with Angela Brown from Niche, not Niche, although according to the dictionary, both are okay. Um, (laughs) No, but she's such a wealth of information and I can't believe she's she's only been at Niche since 2021, but she really uh, brings a lot to um, Niche and, and the independent school community, um, as a yeah. whole. So we're, we were so happy to talk to her today. Yeah. I definitely recommend, you know, on, if you're on LinkedIn, checking her out, cause just daily, there are amazing things that, that she's putting out there that are really helpful. So I am always on there. Um, and today we also have our a plus, uh, school that we're highlighting. And today actually is for a plus world Academy, a plus for a plus, mm-hmm. uh, a plus world Academy. Um, it's, the students are on a boat sailing the world. It's a school where they're there. Uh, just I've been following on social media. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. But just as far as amazing, they do daily captain's logs, they're calling them on social media. So they're getting so to cool. see the students and they're learning how to how to uh, work as a crew on the boat. And they're also academically learning. But you get a you get a real sense for a, a unique school that's doing something really, really different. Um, just by going through that, you get a sense of the students, what they're doing, what they're seeing, um, and just the incredible experience that they're having out there. And I think it's just a really inspirational thing for a school marketer to see something that's really different and get some ideas out there how to show day-to-day life, even if your school is not sailing the world currently. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, they've got a great social media presence. That's for sure. Excellent. Well, thanks so much to all of our listeners. We hope today's episode is valuable for you as a busy school marketer. And we hope you'll like, share, comment, and subscribe. Definitely. Yeah, check us out on LinkedIn, and we will see you next time. Thank you.